0: Hi everyone, welcome to A Different Story, the podcast. My name is Nazli Desi and this podcast was created to encourage multi-dimensional conversation around special educational needs and disability in Egypt and beyond. Every other week, we will be speaking to working professionals, family and community members in the MENA region with the hope that through greater awareness and education, We as a community can deconstruct the stigma and the presupposed judgments we have formed towards special needs and disability. So sit back and enjoy. Today we are joined by Karen Price, a South African special educational needs teacher and consultant based in the UK with 20 years of experience in the field. Karen discusses the difference between integration and inclusion, the legislation and measures currently in place in the UK and how the global community benefits from including individuals with special educational needs and disability into mainstream school settings. Karen, welcome to A Different Story. I'm so, so so happy. I'm so happy you've offered to be a guest on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you. It's so nice to hear your
1: voice and I'm I'm (laughs) excited to be part of your phenomenal movement of change and uh, discussions. I think it's such an important thing to be doing and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully
0: contributing. Yes, no, I, I can't do it without people like you who offer to give your expertise and your knowledge and to share everything that you've been through. So I'm really excited for everyone. To, to learn from your experience today. And I just want to tell people how we met Karen. So the two of mm. us met <laughs> during our master's in special mm-hmm. and inclusive education last year at UCL. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I met Karen towards the later part of the year. I wish I met you earlier on. I didn't know, I know. Like, until the second half that we were together on the course. Yes. Um, but yeah, Karen has so much experience in the field. Um, so we're going to just get right into it. Um, mm-hmm. Could you please introduce yourself, Karen, to our listeners? Yeah. So my name is Karen Price. I am a South African who
1: who has been living in the UK for a long time. 15 to 20 years now
0: Um,
1: and yeah so it's a long time I'm married to an Englishman and so I feel I don't feel quite South African anymore but I'm not quite English Um, (laughs) and so so, so I'm kind of of the world I think Um, and I came here to the UK when I'd finished my teaching degree in South Africa I had wanted to travel and also South Africa being a third world country I'd wanted to come to a first world country and learn as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a boyfriend here at the time too, so that helped a bit (laughs) convincing me (laughs) to come to the cold weather. Um, And so what I did was um, I taught in a blind school for six months. I taught in a deaf school for six months. I spent um, I think about two or three years in a profound and multiple learning difficulty school on Mm -hmm. two or three days a week. And just trying to learn and absorb as much as I could. Mm -hmm. Um, What I found was that um, the mainstream teachers weren't trained enough. And I certainly certainly hadn't been trained enough or understood enough of of what SEN meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And with regards to autism, it's such a huge spectrum. Um, Mm -hmm. with so many co-occurring disorders but so many of our children are in specialist education and they would do so well within the mainstream Mm -hmm. and that's where I started finding my niche and so what I do now is something I'm hugely passionate about and I feel like for me and I always catch myself smiling when I say this Mm -hmm. but I feel like If I can't do, it's like breathing for me. If I can't do Mm -hmm. what I do, I don't feel like I'm me. Mm -hmm. Um, Which means that I now have 19 schools. I had 12 before uh, COVID, um, but we needed a little bit more help. So I have 19 schools, mainstream schools now, uh, Mm -hmm. private and state that I consult in. I collaborate with. I work one-to-one with children. I do social groups. um, I do instead training on good teaching practices. And so my roles are very varied and Mm -hmm. kind of tick all my boxes as, as a person and as a professional, because I'm on the ground, I'm practicing, but I'm also able to train and teach. And I think sometimes I think so. I think sometimes our, professionals or our professors or our the people kind of at the top of the academic field are so good at what they do, but they don't spend enough time on the ground mm-hmm. okay. living and practicing. And I think that's what I'm trying to do is, is marry the practice with the academic understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. There is that gap between the practice and what's happening on the ground or the theory and what's happening yeah. on the ground and so i think it's so important to bridge the two together and we need yes. to see more of that even in the uk like you think that okay the uk is an advanced uh country it's uh, it knows yeah. what it's doing there are rights and legislation involved in special educational needs and and yes. um and disability but there still is a lot of work that can be done um always And that actually leads me to the question to you is how Mm. do you feel or how from your experience, how can Mm. SCN be included in mainstream educational settings? So a lot of people, it seems like, no, it's so hard to have both or if you have both then it's still like taking them out of the classroom. So how do you feel um, having SCN in the mainstream educational setting can be optimized?
1: Well, I think, I think inclusion is essential and I think we definitely can do it, but Mm -hmm. I think we've got to do it responsibly. You know, we can't be putting children in environments where their needs can't be met or our staff aren't trained enough, um, or sufficiently. And I I think we've really got to make responsible decisions in Mm -hmm. how we, we do inclusion, um, And certainly in the UK, we do have policies and we do have all sorts of um, laws in place, but it still differs a lot. It differs from borough to borough. So Mm -hmm. I live in Kent, but I have schools that I work in in London. And as you'll know from being in London, you know, the different boroughs have different um, rules and legislations of how things work or, or interpret. The legislation differently kent does it differently sorry does it differently yeah. um government strategies have have been around for a while you know 2004 i can think of there was a government st- a strategy for sen and it was called removing barriers to achievement um, okay. so so and that and that that was in 2004 we've done a lot since then but there's a lot of work to do and i think mm-hmm. Having a look at the research, there's very limited research in this area. But what the research is showing us that those children with specific d- different needs um, do feel bullied and anxious and socially isolated. You know, Liz Pellicano has done a lot of research on that. Damien Milton, who is an autistic researcher, he's looked into it too. Um, and I think we can work better. In in society in general, so you know I think where we're failing is that we're not car- uh, collaborating enough with SEN mm-hmm. children and adults. You know, there's that great saying that you'll remember as well from um, not because of your age, <laughs> but because of what, <laughs> our course, the 1990s, yeah. where it was nothing for us without us, and yeah. I think that's where we have gone wrong. I think we're not doing enough of that. But that
0: is changing. That is changing slowly. Yeah. And building on that, what is currently being offered in the UK that allows for SCN in the mainstream? Or
1: and well, other than that as yeah, well, what, what
0: do you think are the obstacles that present issues in having these individuals fully included, being allowed to fully participate? So they're two separate okay. things. But first of all, what can you say is being offered?
1: Okay so maybe what we should do is is define inclusion and what integration yep. is because i yep. think what what those two are, are, are mean differently to a lot of schools and i think what we are managing in the UK is integration but not full inclusion so for me to under, always understand or explain explain it it's quite nice to have a difference mm-hmm. to me integration means that we are absorbing SEN students into the mainstream and the emphasis is them fitting into a setting that the child has to adjust to the school setting to the academic setting and inclusion is the opposite it's where the system adapts for the children and with the children and there's a commitment that we have to remove all barriers to learning at the moment within the U- the UK um, you have to be able to say that you've made reasonable adjustments to have mm-hmm. a child um, within your setting. Now, that's in 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 certain, you know, that there's such <laughs> there's such a huge spectrum there. That means, can you turn uh, a cupboard into a sensory room because that's a reasonable adjustment, or does mm-hmm. it mean that a whole year four class? goes into the basement because it's a school with stairs in a very old London building. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of scope for what reasonable adjustments mean. Mm -hmm. To me, we do it, the the state schools probably do it better than the um, private schools that I've worked in because they simply have to. That's interesting. And sometimes the state system learns quicker because they have to and the private sector is still trying to fit that in you know there's a lot of pressure on academics sporting where my children have done really well within the mainstream they've done really well to a certain point and that's Mm -hmm. towards the end of primary school and these will be what would be considered or the mainstream kind of population would understand as high functioning. We don't really use those kind of terms, but in, in order yeah. for your listeners to understand high functioning special needs. So those would be children who could learn and read and talk and, and, and specific kind of things. Um, and we get to the point where these children are, have done so well that they really are aware of their limitations or they won't be able to pass the specific academic um, tests to go into a secondary school. And so all of a sudden we've built them up and have done so well. And they then realize that they aren't the same as the others. So therefore can't go on. And then they're going into specific um, special needs, secondary settings, which Mm -hmm. work beautifully and are really good. But I think for me, I think, society benefits more from having disabled people within it than the disabled people benefit from being in a mainstream society and so we've got a whole generation of teenagers and young adults who may have had one or two autistic or down syndrome friends in their primary school but then everybody disappears yeah and and we've we've got this awful hole where nobody's learning from anybody or being with anybody
0: yeah and what would you like to see more of in the field on a global level on a national level what do you think needs to be improved more specifically
1: i think it's simply just more diversity in every way possible I have this great school in the middle of London. I haven't asked if I can use their name, so I won't, but it's a state school. And I promise you, it's my favorite place to be at playtime because I close my eyes and I can hear children stimming and making guttural noises in one corner. And I can hear clanking of a walker on certain things. And (laughs) it's just, wouldn't it be amazing to just see more color, more wheelchairs, more signing? Just that people the people with disabilities are also in advisory and positions of power. Yeah. I think I think we've got to have a lot less talk and a lot more action. And I think that for me it would be amazing to see on a global scale. And that it's throughout. It's not just primary schools. It's not just in little playgroups. It's all the way throughout, through our, our working professional lives and our secondary
0: lives yeah I think that's where where it would work most thank you Ken. and what has this field taught you on a professional level on a personal level yeah oh so much I think
1: <laughs> essentially essentially it's taught me that that most people are kind and loving But we fear and we don't talk about what we don't know. And historically, we've kind of put people who are different in homes or blamed mothers or families and we don't understand what we don't understand. Mm. And so I think... For me, I've learned more about acceptance about myself and others. Um, and I think it's most specifically, it's not a them and an us conversation. It's, it's an all of us conversation. Um, yeah. Society represents who we are as people. And I think I'm learning more of that. But essentially, I, th- I think people are good. And I think mm-hmm. people want to be good. And um, I, sometimes I think I get accused of being a little bit too optimistic and <laughs> believing too much in people. But I, I, I don't think, I think, yeah. And and also we can unlearn things. So whatever we've learned or learned by a mistake or learned historically, we can unlearn. And I think that's so important. We don't have to carry on the way that we are. We don't have to be SEN, SEN. Mm. scared of it I think I think that's what it is and I think also that it is about having people who have lived experience giving information
0: and learning from them participatory research in everything Mm. and is there a specific example or a specific incident that you've been through or situation that you've been through that has maybe sat with you over the years or are there too many or like if there's like yeah yeah sorry no go ahead I'm just saying like I'm sure you cross through so many different kinds of children Mm. so many different kinds of Mm. families different schools Mm. that you work with like you said in different boroughs so I'm sure there's a lot that has like you've experienced but are there certain stories that have start with you a bit more over the span of your career well I have
1: um, there are there many but the first one I that always comes to mind is I have uh, a brother who went to a special needs school for a bit and they had a swimming gala I come from a teaching background my mom was a teacher my sister was a teacher and uh, we've a, a big family loads of children so we've always been a very kind of children friendly loving family and um we went to go watch a school gala which is a swimming gala like swimming competitions um Mm -hmm. and there were children at this gala who didn't have certain limbs they had limbs missing so an arm missing or both arms or both legs and I remember looking at them and they they were swimming like dolphins and I I was so inspired by the fact that not having a limb didn't Mm -hmm. limit who they were and i think yeah. for that for me was the big the real beginning of of trying to figure this out and how we all need to be seeing that the other point that really sits with me is i had a conversation with a disabled friend and we were talking about the fact that at some point or various points over our lives we will be disabled whether that be age or an accident or um you know, think about COVID, we've all been disabled from our lives. And I think that has really sat with me because my husband's an architect. So with the things yeah. that he does, I always say to him, have you had a look at how people can get in out of that building? How, it, we have to become more inclusive in everything that we do, not just, Mm -hmm. okay, you can, everybody come to mainstream school when actually you can't get into the building or you can't get off the curb or you can't get into a restaurant because there's no space for a wheelchair or, you know, we kind of like in society, we like nice, neat, special needs. We like the quirky autistic people. We like the really bright, down syndrome as soon as we start talking about behavioral issues yeah um, or bits of disability that we don't that doesn't fit into a nice neat box that's where we throw we we like okay well you can come in but you can't and that's yeah. where we've gone really badly i think you know if we look at how we look after our elderly all in homes during covid they they've been removed to be safe but nobody can see them and I think we have to we have to be inclusive in everything and so those that conversation that I had with a disabled friend has has really not only inspired me but also made me think we really need to be hearing other people um, Mm -hmm. who live and experience um, disabilities so those two have stuck with me I also have a 19 year old boy who I've been with for 10 years yeah and he is just he's phenomenal he I've learned more from him than any degree or professor or textbook and he continually is self-reflecting and figuring out how to make sense of everything but also unapologetically many times and I love that about him he's taught me not to worry too much and and mm. let go of that kind of anxiety, so I think like like I said to you earlier, I think we need
0: disabled people more than they need us, we need them. yeah, I completely agree completely mm-hmm. and building on that, finally, my last question yeah. to you, mm-hmm. if there are any final messages that you could send out to the global community on our treatment towards individuals with different needs what would those be mm.
1: well i think it's just about broadening our perspectives and i think we are in such a privileged position now with learning so easily you know mm-hmm. um and it's as simple as follows to starting off by following a special olympian on instagram or um yeah. you know grace strubel the famous model who's down syndrome on mm-hmm. on facebook and i think it's easy to start there. And then once, once we start putting that in our, in our vision, we'll start noticing more people in our local communities and our workplaces. And I think it's, it's also about just not being afraid, not being shy from helping or chatting or smiling. I think, Mm -hmm. And, I, and again, because we're in a COVID world at the moment, I think the pandemic has disabled all of us. And, and hopefully by using our own experiences, by feeling disabled in whatever capacity, and I don't think it's been the great equalizer either. It hasn't. I think we have all felt disabled in certain areas. And so we, we have more of a chance now to have a personal experience and to mm-hmm. move that forward. You know, and I, and I think, again, it's, it's not a them and
0: an us conversation. It's an it's a all of us conversation. Yeah, no, I love the way you put that about the pandemic and how we all were disabled and are still disabled in different forms. And yeah. that is a different way of looking at things. So I love the way you said that. That was really nice.
1: Thanks. Um, I'm glad it's a, it's a, <laughs> a, and I think, I think also put, you know, getting back to the research, we we've got to be doing more research and not about a, a deficit. We like to look at things and go, well, an autistic person can't do that. Firstly, that's a generalization or we can't do that. So we, we look at it from a deficit, but we're not looking at it from a strengths wise. And, and we have so many strengths in so many different cultures and beliefs and and disorders and disabilities that i think looking at those strengths and how best to use those strengths
0: mm-hmm. will be
1: a totally different way of looking at things
0: yeah i agree i agree karen thank you so so much this was an absolute pleasure i love everything you said i think it's all news to a lot of people
1: thank you so much i hope um i hope i've made some sense and all of it to me I, I could sit and talk about this for hours and discuss yeah. and change and i think it's important that we all learn from each other and i, I think the platform that you use is just phenomenal i think you're thank amazing you. So thank, thank you, you for having so me. much
0: thank, thank you for, all for <laughs> uh, for listening and i hope you have a great day bye everyone thanks Thank you for listening. And don't forget to please subscribe to the podcast if you liked what you heard. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at at different story by n. As always, this podcast is your platform. It's your voice. Please reach out to me if you'd like to be involved or share your story. Have a wonderful day and stay tuned for next week's guest.